I were to be vulnerable and then to be rejected or denied, I really thought I would die. Like mm -hmm. crumble up, evaporate, die the whole nine yards. And when I experienced the freedom that came from experiencing my truth, dropping into my feminine gifts and my intuition and embracing all of me, I emerged as a open-hearted leader. Hello and welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy and in this powerful episode, I am sitting down with Amber J. Lawson. Amber is a master mindset coach for women who want to up-level their joy, step into their power, transform their life, basically everything that we are about on this show. And she trains Olympic athletes, frontline workers, CEOs, and moms how to live their purpose with emotional intelligence, love, and abundance. In this episode, we are talking all about activating your divine feminine power. So this is how to, as she says, not do life like a man and find your own way to unleash that creativity, that intuition, that joy, that flow, and really step into this divine feminine power to do life your way, to do business your way. You're going to love Amber's fiery passion, her inspiration, her hilarious sense of humor. This conversation was so good, so fun, and so eye-opening, I know that you're going to get a lot from this. So if you've been called to learn more about how to unleash your divine feminine energy, also just learning more about masculine energy, feminine energy, how they interact, this episode is for you. It is jam-packed with so many goodies about relationships, self-development, abundance, manifestation, success. You are going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Amber onto the show. Hey Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Amber. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so excited you're here. How are you, my love? Amazing. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so potent. You are my people. Yes. Yes. This is going to be so good. Um, oh, so excited. It's 2.22 as we're recording. I just wanted to say that as well. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. So if um, the beautiful seekers listening have not heard of you already, can you just share with us a little, a little bit about who you are, um, your business and everything that you have going on right now? Maybe just actually hang on. I'm going to pause all this. I'm going to start again. I'm going to do okay. the Amber J. Okay, cool. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, but, and you could just go by Talia, right? Talia, actually. Oh, Talia. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Ta <laughs> yeah, this has come that. up recently where guests are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Why don't you correct people? I'm like, I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a self-worth issue. I'm getting there. Talia. <laughs> Talia. Okay. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I want to say it right. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. Hmm. 
Hello, Amber J. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. How's it going today? (laughs) So good. So good. What a gift. The energy is on fire already. We're (laughs) 10 seconds in. People can feel it. How's it going? How are you feeling this morning? Mm, I'll tell you, I woke up and it was a little cloudy out. We were socked in and that kind of bums me out. I'm seeing how impacted I am by the weather, but now with you, I am like lit up. Yes. I'm here for it. I'll be the sunshine in your day. You are. (laughs) Um, So I would love to just start by introducing yourself. Let us know a little bit about who you are and your business, how you help people. Let's just start with the the foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) Good lady. Uh, I am Amber J. Lawson. I go by Amber J. And I am a recovering good girl uh, executive from, uh, I live in LA and Venice, California, and I come from the Midwest, Raytown, Missouri. And I was doing it like a man. I worked very hard to be successful in life and kind of unconventionally, but doing all the things found myself in entertainment and tech in the boardroom on the dais table, traveling the world with a bunch of men. And they were awesome and amazing. And, you know, you're the sum of the people, the five people you spend the most time with. And I was surrounded by these business men. And so I found myself doing life like a man. I was partying. I was doing the things. I was deal making. And I found myself leaving the Oscars Mm. uh, in the back of a limo with one of my clients. And she said, hey, you should try this leadership training program. Now, I've always been a seeker. Uh, And so I said, yes, of course, not knowing what I was getting myself into. But this started the next season of my transformation. And what I didn't know, I didn't know that I was getting myself into was a experiential transformation program that had me tap into vulnerability, my vulnerability, owning my authenticity, where I was living my life on the surface And I thought I was doing life to the best of my ability and to the best I was exposed to. But I discovered there was so much more. I opened my heart. And mind you, you know, the patron saint of vulnerability, Brene Brown, (laughs) says, the one thing I crave to see in you is the last thing I want to show in me. And I really felt that way. If I were to be vulnerable and then to be rejected or denied, I really thought I would die, Mm -hmm. like crumble up, evaporate, die the whole nine yards. And when I experienced the freedom that came from experiencing my truth, dropping into my feminine gifts and my intuition and embracing all of me, I emerged as a open-hearted leader. And it was my desire to share this wisdom with other women, which is what has created my woman on fire mastermind. Oh, How about that for a long shenanigan? 
<laughs> That's incredible. And what a, what a shift, you know, being successful in, as you say, the man's world, doing it the man's way, which I want to hear more about what that means to you, what that was, but being successful, doing that just continues to point back to, we think, oh, when I get success, I'm going to be happy. When I get success, I'm going to be fulfilled. When I leave the Oscars in a limo, that is it. That is the dream life. Nothing will be the matter at that point. But it's so interesting how you went on later to unlock so much more. And that sometimes when we're small, you touched on it, like what you don't know, you don't know. And then when you unlock something, you look back and go, wow, yeah, I am gifted in corporate America or whatever it was you were doing. I am gifted. I can make deals. I can hobnob with the dudes, but where I actually shine is in this open heart leadership, as you say, which is just, oh, it's a goosebumpy transformation. I love that. So what was that like? What do you mean the man's world or doing things like a man? What does that mean compared to doing things like a woman or in your feminine energy that you now experience? Well, so I got to learn that there is masculine energy and there's feminine energy and there are different times once you get this concept we live in a polarized world and in the in the masculine feminine poles that's attraction that's sexy time that's mm -hmm. where magic happens right and I wondered why I was so successful in business but not in love not in relationships I am a three-time engaged single woman in the world and amen hallelujah because lord knows that was not for me however uh what I didn't understand and what I got to experience is I was very effective at the masculine energy is pointed and purposeful. It is death. It wants to get to the end. Whereas the feminine is never ending. It is curves and undulations. Think water. It, it, it can be a trickle or it can be a tsunami. It is all the things and everything in between. It is beauty. It is not getting to the end. Do you think, um, they call it basketing, collecting all the information, all the flowers, all the information where the masculine looks into the fire and wants death and wants to get to the end. So I was just trying to get to the end, not being in the journey, get to the end so you can get to the next thing, get to the next thing. And that's how I showed up in relationships. It's how I showed up, whether romantic or my friends, it was transactional. Mm -hmm. And the truth is what we crave is connection. And if we're in transaction, like where in my life am I transactional in my relationships? There is most likely not depth and true connection, which nourishes our hearts and souls and makes us human, makes us mm -hmm. human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Like I, I wasn't trained in that, not any deficiency of my parents. They just didn't have those tools. They taught me what they taught me and it got me out into the world. And somewhere I made the, I, I had the idea that the more accolades I had, and I did this in high school. This is a good one. So when I was in high school, I decided I made a choice that I was going to have the most accolades at the back of the book, at the back of the yearbook. Mm -hmm. And that would mean like I won high school, mm -hmm. that I could go into the world and be successful. And so that is what I continued to do because I didn't have any other tools. Mm -hmm. So that's been my mission is to give us all some other tools. Because <laughs> yeah. once I found them out, you know, you want to share them. 
and you want others to be free to mm-hmm. to not be confined by perfectionism or rules or made up ideas but in our truth because when we're in our truth we the world's a better place the world just functions better we're happy mm-hmm. people Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's so fascinating that these traits are available through, you know, in all of us. And I'd love to hear what you have to say to this, but I notice in my business, now that I'm aware of feminine and masculine energy, there's a time to use both. But I hear you that are, especially if you are, you know, a woman, your main operating modality or way of being when it's in a masculine place, you're just cutting off so much of your potential. Like you said, your intuition and your flow and receiving energy and creation and creativity and all that stuff. But I notice in my business, like there's a time to get shit done. I don't agree with hustle. I don't think it helps us, but there's a time when it's like, okay, I got to hammer out these emails. Okay. I got to do my taxes. Okay. I got to, you know, do this thing. And I kind of call in that masculine energy that goes, Kate, Talia, time to get stuff done. Let's do it. But the whole time there's also this feminine energy going like, and put on some music and light some incense and you go girl. And I kind of almost intuitively lead myself. Like first I'm going to do emails and then I'm going to record that feels good. Or I'm going to get do recording first because I'm in the flow and then I'll do this. And so it's like this perfect blend of both, not that I'm perfect or even have this all nailed down, but it's, it's um, so much more of a co-creation between the two energies. And I definitely wasn't masculine. It was always, what should I do? How do I make 5k months, 10k months? How do I get my next clients? It was always, as you said, that end that, that, you know, means to an end you're doing it for that end result. So curious what that brings up in you and kind of blending, whether it's life or business or both relationships that how do we blend that? Or do you think that that's the way that we can do it? And that, that that's a powerful way to do it. Well, I, there's a couple of teachers that I've had over time that opened me up to this concept and where I got to practice it. Again, all just practice. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, three things. One is I took this course called Grace, and it was only women in the room. It was one of my first breakthroughs around how being in a group of women is, is medicine, Mm-hmm. is healing, is the opportunity. That's why I teach in groups. Uh, I do one-on-one, but the core of all of my program happens in groups because what we find out, we don't come here for this, but it's a byproduct and it's a really potent one is, I love that you say potent a lot. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, that I'm not alone, that I'm not doing it wrong, Mm. that I'm not screwing it up, mm. that I'm not a weirdo, mm. that the thing that I have shame about is not that big of a deal and that there are others who have gone through things also and they're standing. It, just the healing that comes in uh, feminine circles uh, is so powerful. And it allowed me to, A, I thought I was always in competition with women, because in the masculine world I came up in, I was one of none. Uh, and if there was another woman around, I thought I was in competition for that one seat versus we live in an abundant universe. And of course there's space for all of us. Mm-hmm. And there are many flavors that uh, paint the tapestry of our lives. And frankly, the more the merrier, but that is not what was programmed and 
and kind of hit upon when I was coming up. It was like, you better, you know, knee out, elbow out anyone else who uh, comes up and, and uh, is threatening your throne. Mm -hmm. And I experienced it. I got very publicly fired from, I ran all the content at AOL and I helped uh, the acquisition of Huffington Post. And because I was the holder of the biggest budget in the company, uh, I was a threat to Ariana Huffington. I Well, I, whether I was a threat or not, I was the owner of the money. So she took my role. Mm. And I felt dethroned for nothing. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm a good girl. I'm following all the rules. I'm doing my job. I'm very successful at my job. And... So I experienced it. I felt it in, in reality, this is really mm -hmm. happening. And, and the truth of the matter is, is when we come together in sisterhood, we rise, we rise together. And so much more is available in that. So th there was this grace um, gathering of women. And then I, I did this relationships course and the core of it is David Data. Have you heard of David Data, The Way no. of the Superior Man? Mm -mm. He really talks about the masculine and feminine. This is where I learned about these poles and why we choose what we choose and why we're in that hyper-masculine. You know, I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up in, you know, the shoulder pads and the Reeboks and walking, you know, power walking to work and um, slay the day and kill it and all the things that are in our masculine. And it it's devalued the feminine. Like you can't be weak. Mm. You can't cry at work. You have emotions. And it was pressed upon us through culture, through, I would say my experience, that that was just not welcome. And so I have been on that journey and now realize how potent and powerful the feminine is. I mean, the feminine creates life. I, it doesn't get more powerful than that. Uh, countries go to war over the feminine. We really are the potent, powerful priestesses of the planet. Hello, mm -hmm. here for it. Mm -hmm. We're also that frequency, like you say, of creation, of abundance, of in when I say creation for all you manifestors, we're looking to manifest, we are looking to create that is more a feminine process, I would say I'd love to hear your feedback, than a masculine one, there's no one, two, three, four to manifest exactly this every single time, of course, there's manifestation steps, but it includes things like pay attention to your intuition and see where you're led and make sure that desire is soul alive. Mind and all of these things that aren't just, you know, this is how many steps to take to get to the end of the street or whatever. Like it's not cut and dry. It's a process. It's creation. It's being led. There's ups and downs. There's triggers. There's emotions. There's things to move through. It's a very flowy process. So yeah, that that's so fascinating. Um, why do you think that women feel in competition with each other? Just when you mentioned that, I'm like, that is so common. And even on this show with all of my guests, I love to say, promote yourself, like talk about your offers. There's more than enough to go around. And so many times, particularly women are like, oh, well, that's really nice. Cause usually I'm only allowed to pitch for a minute at the end. And I'm like, this show isn't to sell, but the show is to share yourself. There's more, there's enough to go around. If somebody hires a coach on my show, it doesn't, it's not that they should have hired hired me and I lost out. So that's just one example. But why do you think women feel so in competition with each other? 
it goes back to what I was just saying that we have been fed culturally through the visuals that uh, were, and I, I will say, I feel the tides have turned and are turning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say turning because the political state of things is a whole nother bag of worms. However, when the feminine is in the leadership role, it is based in community and contribution and we all have gifts and abundance and uh, and the more colors, the more textures, the more, more mm. is more, more is, is painting the tapestry versus in a masculine era, it is, there is a, a finite amount and you have to kill for it. You have mm. to stake your claim. And so that is pitting each other against one another. And the truth of the matter is there weren't many seats at the table. And if we got to the table, it was programmed that we're threatened that if there's only one seat available, I'm taking the seat. Mm. Uh, And, and which left not room for others. But I, I truly believe that we have a long way to go and we're making strides in that direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fascinating. As you're saying that I'm like little light bulbs going off that when somebody would, if they would ask me, like, why do we compete? I would kind of go to like, you know, it's, it's a lack based mentality. Like there's not enough to go around. So if someone, you know, hires you, they should have hired me, whatever lack, but you're right. It's like, even the basis of competition isn't naturally feminine because like you say, we do gather, we look after community. We there's elders and children and medicine women and like the the crones that like we gather there's not just like a woman over there alone in the forest in traditional, you know, ways of being. So it's so fascinating that even competition is us being brought up in a masculine world taught that there's only so much to go around or that we have to fight for, you know, our, our status or whatever. And even what you said, like, there's only so many seats. I don't know if you're, you're referring to women, but historically, there's not as much room, hasn't been as much room for women. So I could almost see subconsciously if somebody did get elected into politics or they became, I don't know, anything high up in their company, there's not very many women up there. So maybe they feel like they have to defend it because women don't have as many spots in those places and how it's been in history. Does that make any sense? hundred <laughs> percent. That That's exactly it. There haven't, there hasn't, women have not been welcomed to the table. So when we get there, it is also the, we contract as opposed to expand Mm. for, from that lack mentality of, I have to fit in, therefore I'm behaving like a man so that I can be accepted so that I can move things through. So I can continue to, to move up or to potentially uh, bring others along. Yeah. 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 That's, it's just fascinating that competition itself is masculine. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but it's just not even where we are the most powerful as feminine beings. It's like, think about about a, a, a women's restroom. When we go into the restroom and there's a gaggle of gals, 
We say, oh, do you have lipstick? Oh, do you have a, a pad? Do you have, oh, how does this look? Can you help me zip up my zipper? Can And we come together, the girls, there's a meeting in the ladies room, right? <laughs> and and we, we I, I will meet you once and never see you again. And yet we are of the same tribe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so juicy. So fascinating. So for people that have, haven't heard about this, a lot of the people listening have are aware of divine feminine and masculine energy for the people that haven't, or even just people looking, going like, yes, yes. My soul is saying yes right now. How do we, how do we do that? How do you know, today I'm going to divinely empower my feminine. Like, what does that process sort of look like? I know it's mostly an energetic process, but what do we do to start stepping into that feminine power? And what sort of were some of the key changes that you went through to do that. I mentioned this course I took grace and there are uh, several postures that are embodied. And I think it's an embodiment practice. So the, the masculine is pointed and purposeful. Think of like, it's called warrior one. And the feminine is flow, no beginning, no end, all the levels, all the layers. It can be the tsunami or it can be the trickle in, in the creek. It is water. And the fastest way, this is an exercise. This is a tool put in your toolkit. The fastest way to get in your feminine is put one song on a minimum of three minutes and dance it out. When you were doing this, you guys can't see her, but she was doing the flowy hands with the dance. I was just going to say, you mean like this morning with my dance party? Cause I do yes. that every day. I tell my clients put on a song and I just say intuitively move, especially hips, like the, the, the energy stored in hips. And even sometimes I'll stretch and I just like intuitively stretch and I intuitively move, but that dancing, I love that you say that so, so powerful. So I can think of a few people that I know that go dancing just makes me feel so awkward. I have such a hard time when I put on a class. I'm like, everyone's going to intuitively dance. Half the people turn off their camera. Like I can't even do this. So what about when we're feeling that tight rigidness, you know, how do we kind of unleash that? Like just friggin' let loose, you know, how do we, how do we do that? If there's people that are kind of resistant at first, and then you should put on two songs. <laughs> yes. And I am not, I am kidding, but I'm not because it, it may take you a full song to let go, go in your room, go where you're going to be by yourself. Maybe it's your bathroom. Maybe that's the only place in your house where you can be alone. Nobody's watching you. Mm. This is you for you. If you really are seeking to unlock this, mess around with it, feel it watch people dance and go just mimic them feel it in your body and it takes practice it isn't we are in a very linear society you think about i have a treadmill right here you know it's going forward mm -hmm. right you think of mm -hmm. uh, exercising and lifting weights it's very masculine mm -hmm. and so it is a new it is a new uh embodiment it is a new way of being to practice being nonlinear and to let the music move you. And I have tons of playlists. I'm sure you do too, that just mm -hmm. feel the music. I'm curious because you mentioned when we were uh, talking before about how you and your husband are practicing this. Mm -hmm. So how do you practice this? 
Yeah. Well, with my divine, I, I agree with the body connecting to the body, the songs movement. I was thinking, um, as you were talking about that, even when you said like lifting weights, I used to just be in the gym all the time and running 10 K a day. I don't know what that is in miles, but it's like an hour of straight running. And it would just always be this linear thing. And now I so much more enjoy yoga. I'll do like bar with Pilates or whatever. And I find that the ones that I love the most are the flows, not just hold this for 30 seconds. It's like, and when I do it intuitively, I'm going from one posture to the next and then opening this up and opening that. And I didn't even think of it being more feminine as a practice, even just for exercise than say lifting weights. Um, so I just, I wanted to say that cause that was a little light bulb moment there. Um, so yeah, my husband in the last couple of years has gotten really into being an empowered man, whatever the words are for that, being grounded in his divine masculinity, a healthy, empowered man. First of all, it's very hard for him to speak about. He talks about how, you know, a lot of us in this day of like genders and roles and whatever, even his own friends are going careful, dude, men have had their time in the sun. You can't start talking about man stuff. And he's like, no, no, I'm talking about how to be a grounded, empowered man. That's also in touch with their divine feminine. And through just the stuff he shares with me, my own learnings, it's been really fascinating to see how when he's in his empowered masculine, it allows me to fall into my feminine, which doesn't mean weak. It doesn't mean saying, okay, hubby, you take control. That's not what I mean. He becomes like my cave where he's the solid part. He's the rebar in the structure. He's the grounded one. But then he allows me to have space of creativity and intuition. And in our relationship, I really bring in the spirit, the like I said, the intuitive piece of it, the spirit teams, the the energy, right? But he grounds me with that with that masculine way. So one of the examples I always think of is when we were moving last time, I'm like, when we get to the new house, I want my plants in this window and I want to set up this and I love that room. And, but then on moving day, I'm like, babe, what do I do? Cause there's so much to do. And that's also not my strong suit. He's like, okay, put that stuff out, you know, do this, bring this room first and then we'll move on. I'm like, good, I'm good to go. And I had a moment of realizing that's his masculine showing up in his strength and I'm allowing him to, I'm going, please, what's the best way to do this? But then he allows me to bring to the table further insight or creativity or that potent feminine energy. And I think that has just been really powerful for our relationships because I now start to notice when women are trying to be in their masculine all the time, and I want to hear everything you have to say about this, it feels like it demasculates the man and then they become actually more feminine and then the roles are flipped. And it feels like from what he's learning, a big part of a man being in purpose is being in that masculine energy. And he said, like, sometimes when I'm stressed, I don't need to talk about all my emotions. I need to chop some fucking wood. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome because I usually want to talk about it. So just allowing us to be in our strengths and in that dynamic, that's just one example that has just been eye-opening for me. I'm like, yeah. I want you to be the man and you let me be the woman. And we both have our massive strengths that together run the household. We also have three little children to be looking after and lots of dynamics and bill paying and this and that. So using those, the, the ebb and flow um, has been so powerful. So I want to hear everything you have to say about that. <laughs> well, first of all, I am so like titillated by this conversation because 
truly my divine feminine, I speak in, in like a, in a we context, but I, when I feel a rooted man holding a container for me, I can finally like, uh, relax and not have to be on guard. I feel this lifetime has been a lifetime of being on guard on the defensive in like hyper awareness mode. And when a masculine can hold the space for all of the feminine that is me, that means emotion and beauty and creativity and unpredictability and riding the waves that I, oh, it just feels so juicy. And it gives him purpose. It gives him uh, empowered leadership that I can trust. Mm. I have empathy for men in this era because the men men, I will speak, and frankly, women have not been allowed to be emotional, to cry, to express themselves, to be held in containers where men groups come together and talk about their gripes and their fears and how the world isn't working in their favor also. Mm -hmm. Just as much as women get to tap into their emotion and their riding the waves and their embodiment in safe containers. The masculine gets to have safe containers. And, and what I speak about in my Women on Fire program and my Spark program is I am 100% responsible for 100% of my results. The only thing I can control is me. So if I don't like the dynamic in my relationship. And this is a common complaint. I have top of the field business women slaying it, their moms, maybe even they're taking care of their uh, parents also. So they're sandwiched. They're having a full life on paper and on Instagram. It looks amazing, but there's something inside of them that is just crushed. And, and a lot of these women are the breadwinners of their households. And what they're noticing is their lack of attraction to their partners and that their partners have taken on a role of being emasculated of in, uh, as we would, maybe call a beta male. And what has happened, and this maybe wasn't the dynamic when they first got together, when they first got married, when they first whatever, but it has evolved over time. And I get to reflect back, not good, bad, right, or wrong, not shame, not like, it's just to just notice if I'm not, if I'm not liking the dynamic of my relationship, and I feel like my partner has taken on a less, less in their masculine, I get to check in where am I in my masculine? How am I showing up in my household? And is it my way or the highway? Is it, am I creating all the containers? And here's a controversial thing to say is being a mom is being masculine. And mm. you would say, oh, well, birth and babies can't get more feminine than that true but mama bear is a real thing 
She protects her cubs. Uh, scheduling to the second with our children, making sure they learn all the things, having them be socialized and eat the right things and put on the clothes and learn the lessons and, and da 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 is masculine. Because mm. we're That's creating a container. So <laughs> yeah, we're creating the container for those kids. I so don't mean, is- I don't mean parenting. I hate, it's just all of that fucking shit of like, yeah. pick up this and do this and five o'clock we got to go. And I'm just like exhausted the days that my husband's with the kids. I feel like he actually probably handles it. I don't want to say better. Cause it's not judgment, but he's like, okay, three 30, we're getting in the car. And I'm like, Oh, I feel suffocated by three 30. <laughs> like, it's so interesting. That's fascinating. Okay. Go on. <laughs> well, that's just it. So we're a hundred percent. If I can like take ownership of my, I create my world, right? I manifest everything in my life. If I don't like what's happening in my life right now, I can change it. And this is where I'm at. So this is a check-in. If you don't like that dynamic in your relationship, how do I get to show up differently as opposed to throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Like, how do I get to show up differently? What's a different practice? And one of the practices, and you talked about this, if you have been the CEO or the boss babe of your company, and then you get home at night before you get out of the car, before you step into your home, couple, a couple of things. Number one is just take a deep breath in, let it out and set your intention. My intention is to show up from love is to not dump my day all over my partner, but to leave that behind is to create a connected, loving space. The second thing is before you get home, sing in your car, dance at the top of your lungs, put on your favorite 80s hairband song and, you know, scream it out. Shania Twain it up, whatever it is that makes you, you know, feel a shift. And the third thing that I think is titillating it uh, is put on lingerie hmm. under your clothes, your little secret, your little titillation, whatever makes you feel beautiful. Like feeling if you wear suits at work, put on the dress or the gown or the kimono. Shift, go take a bath before you ever come in contact with your partner. Take a goddess soak in the bathtub. I live for that. And Epsom salts, uh, lavender, Epsom salts, anything that smells delicious, soak in there for 10 minutes and shift out of your masculine. If you want your partner to show up in masculine, we work on poles. We, our universe is poles and polarity. So if you want your partner to show up in masculine, you get to up your feminine. Mm. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I love that recognizing that, like you say, I take responsibility for how I'm feeling. And if you're, you've been in a masculine mindset all day, or, you know, before you get home to just kind of refresh that and meet them with more of that feminine essence, it just right away helps him to be more in his power and you to be more in your essence and all of that. It's really fascinating because I was thinking about how I just said, a lot of times my husband wants to chop wood instead of talk it out. (laughs) 
there are times with every human that he gets emotional or he's going through a hard time or he, you know, cries or whatever. And I've asked him before, like, what do you need from me right now? Or what would you like from me? What would help you? And he always says, I just want you to touch me. Just put your hand on my back. Give me a hug, put your hand through my hair. And it's fascinating because sometimes we feel like we want to fix them or be like, no, babe, think about it this way. Or, you know, or that's silly, which is more masculine. Fixing is more masculine. Okay. We got to remedy this problem. But when he's, that's getting to the end, that's death. Right. And they fix, they want to, they want to get to the end. Right. Yeah. And I guess if he's in his emotions, I guess that would be him being more in his feminine, but he just wants love. And he says, you have no idea how healing your hands are. Like, that's Mm. all I need. I don't need you to give me all the solutions later when I'm feeling better and I want to reflect on it. Then that's the time to say like, you know, what are, what are your ideas? What's your intuition telling you? What do you know? What do you think I need? But in the moment he's like, I just want you to be there. I just want you to love me basically, which is what I can do best actually, you know? So it's, it's such an interesting, yeah, that's so interesting. So I have a question about, I know clients and friends who are more in that masculine energy. And a lot of times, you know, from the people I'm thinking about and the experiences I've had, there's trauma in their life where they feel like, especially abandonment wounds, or maybe their dad walked out, or, you know, there's a million different reasons why this could happen. And they turn into this woman who has to look after themselves. So I can thinking of a client right now, that's been a single mom, her kid's a teenager. I know several people like that, that like they you know, in quotes and in their own truth, couldn't rely on anyone. So they had to do it. They had to be the strong one. They had to do all the things. And now they're starting to realize like, holy shit, I'm just in hustle all the time. I'm in that masculine, but they're a single person or they have been traumatized, let down, abandoned. So what do you say for those people that have kind of gone at it masculine their whole life, feeling like, no one's going to do it except me, right? There's that saying, if you want shit done, you got to do it yourself. Mm. And they've been operating in that, but they now want to relax. So beyond the, you know, the physical, the dancing, that type of stuff, is there any mindset shifts or ways that they could see it a little bit differently? Because it has been their truth. You have had to do it all. I understand why you're in your masculine, but it's also safe to soften a little bit. So is there anything for those people that, you know, have literally had to do it sort of all on their own? Well, first off, I hear them and having that experience, uh, I can relate, you know, of no one's going to do it for me. uh, And the various experiences throughout life, I mean, hmm, trauma, Mm-hmm. There's so many, um, obviously, tools I'm sure you've led them through and professionals to work through that kind of healing. And there comes a point, I feel, my experience has been that you desire connection. Mm-hmm. Like like the connection overrides the staying safe and the hardest thing in being in your feminine is is staying open-hearted 
and it is a practice and it is terrifying and it's the thing the masculine craves and it is the quickest way to have the masculine meet you. And it is the most courageous thing you can do in showing up for a partner or in connection and in partnership. But like I said, from the top, this was the biggest thing I got to learn is my vulnerability is actually the opening for the love that I crave. Mm-hmm. And I and I was at a point I would rather die than to expose myself like that because like these people who've experienced trauma, uh, the world has shown me it is cruel. The world has shown me I cannot trust others. But being in one of these containers where I am seeing, oh, okay, well, that didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. And wait, when I, when I went through this myself, it was the most uh, euphoric experience of love and not romantic love, not sexual love, not orgasmic love. It, I felt what divine love was from humans and to be truly seen the divine feminine craves to be truly seen. So I invite uh, your listeners, your, your, uh, students, the people who run across this recording and in your in our programs uh, to lean into it, to seek it, to be in women's groups, to find safe spaces, to practice this, because that is frankly the meaning of life. Mm. We're here to connect. That's it. And to share our gifts and to share our truth. And, mm. and, and every time you are in defense is shutting off love. Mm. giving and receiving love. And that's Mm. all we have in this life. Love, love. Yeah. So if you've been feeling like you have to do it all yourself, you have all the proof in your mind and your ego that people let you down, recognizing that what you're truly craving is connection. So almost instead of trying to go, okay, I'm not going to do it on my own, actually go out and seek connection. And you're saying from women to, you know, feel and experience that love and that connection, um, with others that kind of maybe what I'm kind of sensing is it like helps to take down your defenses and take down your walls and be vulnerable and give and receive and see that you're not alone. Really? Is that kind of what you're saying? I have found that the accelerator program happens in women's circles and, and like, if we are in a, a wounded or tra- traumatized state, that finding a, a safe circle of women is the quickest way to to trust ourselves again. Mm-hmm. Because there's also a, a a trust factor that's been violated in us by us. In that, I allowed these people into my life. I allowed this thing to happen. Uh, maybe we have this belief that you know. I don't have my pickers off. I Mm. don't trust myself. And to come back to see, hey, I'm not alone. Like this has happened to other women. I and and they've come through. Mm -hmm. And to know that there are beings on the planet 
who want to love me, who want to be in partnership with me, who want to be uh, deepening and aren't out to hurt me. And here's the kicker. You're going to get hurt. Mm. Like that's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it's our lens. It's our experience. Like uh, hurt is part of growth. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the good news is you got a lot of it out of the way. Now you get to open up to, to receive. Mm, yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful flip in perception and just, yeah, because we do, we, especially old souls, I see, you know, the soul progression and we didn't sign up for a cushy experience, but there is (laughs) the, but there is the intention of massive transformation. That is what our soul intended, but it is through that hardship. And that's the part that it's like, Ooh, you know, the things that we have had to overcome end up being our superpower. And so feeling like you have to do it all your own and people let you down, learning how to have your own back, learning how to be vulnerable, learning how to be in community is like the medicine to that. And I, I feel that I can see that. Um, yeah, that that's really beautiful. One of the women in my Women on Fire Mastermind is just went through a divorce and is opening her heart to a new relationship. And um she is a type A, super successful, uh, and has had this imbalance in relationships. And her practice, her gymnasium that she is in is being messy and opening her heart when she wants to shut it down and mm. prove she's right. And so we keep going back to it. And and the the person she's picked and attracted at this time is such a empathetic, open-hearted guy, really masculine dude. And it, it, and he just, not that he takes the abuse, he take, he can be present and hold the container for all her emotions and what she is healing in this relationship. Cause our, our relationships are where we heal. They like bring our stuff up so that we can, you know, move through it and expand. And so what she is expanding in this relationship is, oh, I can come with all of me. I can be met and, and we're okay. He didn't Mm -hmm. blow it up. He didn't Mm -hmm. shut me down. He didn't say I was wrong. He, he stood and, and just opens her heart that much more to speak her truth, to vulnerably share, to get messy. Boy, it's hard for us who, who are, you know, workers out there to get messy. I, I think there is a fear of if we get messy, we ain't coming back. If I break down, I, I don't know that I will come back, mm-hmm. but we always come back. You're going to be okay. Yeah. It's like you said that you felt like you were going to literally die being vulnerable. And that is kind of like, if we look at death and rebirth, it is the ego death. It is a part of you, a part of your identity you've held on to so strongly. It is you dying. So it does feel very real. It's just that you won't physically pass away by being vulnerable (laughs) or by accepting help or being in community. But I hear you. It's it's scary. And, um, especially for people that haven't practiced that, didn't have the opportunity, weren't encouraged to do that in their lives, but now is the time. So uh, I love this so much. What else do you want to say about this? What else is coming up about the divine feminine, whether it's in business life manifestation, is there anything else that you really want to touch on? Yeah. I want to talk about patriarchy. Let's do it. 
<laughs> Roll up your sleeves. All yes. right. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the books we have in Women on Fire is Break the Good Girl Myth. And if you haven't read it, read it. It is what, and there are different seasons in our life that we hold uh, a good girl persona, perfection, um, complacency. It's uh, it's a season and how it keeps us small. I have a little uh, acronym for small, which is our story, the story we tell ourselves that we keep validating in the relationships that we keep and have. A, um, M, mask, what's the mask I wear? And our mask could be from our childhood. Maybe in our childhood, we were shy because we were told we were too much or we like we made a choice when, you know, we make our choices of who we're going to be and navigate the world by the age of seven. So what did I make as a five or six-year-old little girl that I'm still holding on to and taking that mask off? A, assumptions, you know, makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, L, lens. What's the lens I'm looking through? Am I looking through the lens of the world through my upbringing, my religion, my uh, parents? And is that my truth? Mm. And then the, the last is limiting beliefs. What are the beliefs mm. I am putting on? Because we truly create our, our own world uh, and we can create that, which sounds uh, unfathomable at times in our life. But when you get access, like you speak into of the other side of everything that is available, everything's working out in our favor. Like, what do you want? What do you, mm-hmm. what do you actually want? If you were to put down all the buts mm-hmm. or the shoulds, Mm-hmm. You stop shooting all over yourself. Mm-hmm. Then, then what do you what do you truly desire? And um, we talked earlier about the pussy book, Mama Gina, and how the patriarchy has tamped down our feminine. No wonder we're all operating from our masculine. To to keep the theme going here is uh, it. it the feminine is unwieldy. It is unpredictable. And the masculine wants it to be, wants things tidy and to get to the end and to get to the death. So of course, the feminine is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yet we are the creators of everything. And speaking of manifestation, pussy power, orgasmic manifestation is real. I am here for uh, the vibration of pleasure and orgasm, uh, attracting and magnetizing what we, what we truly desire, not just good thoughts, but like truly, uh, bringing into our mind's eye, what we are desiring in our lives. Mm, Yeah. I love that. That is, that is so powerful. And it's crazy how for a lot of us, we just didn't realize, like we've just been operating in this way. Like you said, before the age of seven, also just witnessing the way the world went, you were in your job, just doing the thing to get successful, to get the promotion. And it's just like this autopilot. And I love how you said through, I think it was a client that on the outside has everything going for her. Same with you, you're rocking it, you're successful, but then there's something deep inside that just does not feel right. Does not feel fulfilled. You don't feel expressed or like it's safe to be yourself. It's just so fascinating. I think this conversation is really going to open up a lot of people that just have been operating in that way. And I know that I don't remember if I touched on it before 
or after I hit record. Um, but I was saying how, when I was brought up, I was always too, like I resonated or related easier with boys and guys. I don't know why that was. I had stuff in my family. The women in my family were more loud and aggressive and sometimes just overly explosive, emotional. And I just create all these walls of like, that's not, that's not how I want to be. And so I related to guys. I was cool. I was funny. I was chill. And that is a lot of who I am. You know, that is a lot of my essence is super chill and, you know, all that stuff. But I denied myself having needs. I didn't, I denied myself having emotions. And I'm so lucky now in the relationship I'm in, even if I know that logically, like my husband loves me or he cares or he didn't mean it like that, I'm safe to speak up. I'm safe to say, hey, when this happened, it made me feel this. And he can just have a conversation about it without being reactive and defensive. But going back to like being more of a guy's girl, that was trained in me. And I actually thought that that was cool. Like that's the coolest way to be is like, I don't want to be like an emotional, like, you know, whatever girl, woman. And now I just realized that, you know, it's so powerful to be a woman. It's so powerful to have your emotions, to have your needs, to have your way of doing things. It's safe to do that and to be that. And so many of us never, we didn't know that. Well, it did, it sounds like it didn't feel safe to have your emotions because they took up all the emotional space. Mm, yeah, and, probably. And the truth is the feminine is the emotional consciousness of the planet. Mm. So I relate to you. I wanted to be cool. I thought like crying or expressing things or expressing my needs or something was that I was a cry baby. I was like a sissy girl, all the things I was like, I don't want, I want to be cool. Mm -hmm. And I suppressed so much. And I, I trained myself that that was, um, how to succeed in life, but it, I suppressed a lot of my truth. The how, why this is so important is when the feminine is suppressing her emotions, we're also teaching not only our kids this, but the masculine to suppress theirs mm. so much more. And it is my belief, what I notice, and this may be controversial, that, well, it's fact, that the reason particularly in the United States, that mass shootings happen from white boys who ha don't have an outlet for their emotions. Mm -hmm. It is not safe to cry or express yourself or to have fear or sadness or... So we have over-militarized ourselves and the only way to express our upset or disdain is to make a mark or to go into battle and we don't have a battle to go in, right? Like a, a world war, although who knows, but like cancel, cancel. Um, <laughs> but that uh, they don't have, I, I compare it to a Coca-Cola bottle, Right. If, you know, we're all sitting here as Coke bottles hanging out and we get jostled. And if we don't open and let some of the gas out, mm. some of the bubbles out, it will continue to get shook until it explodes. Mm. And we and we explode all over people in many ways. And right now it's very deadly how people, especially white men, young men are exploding. Mm. And it, so where I can be responsible for this, I can be 100% responsible for 100% of my results is I am the emotional consciousness of the planet. As the Dalai Lama said, it is the Western woman who will 
save the world. It is upon us to lead that releasing our emotions, our mental health, being in community is a plus, not separation, detachment, and hurting others before they hurt us. Mm, Yeah. Wow. I really, I could see that a hundred percent, like young boys that don't have anywhere to put their feelings because I I agree, like even within myself, if I suppress something too long, then I'm just, it's going to be an outburst, either frustration or so much emotion, which is totally fine, but it does, it's bigger when it's suppressed. The other thing you said about suppressing your own emotions actually has your man, if you're, you know, in a partnership, married, whatever suppress theirs. And I just had this flash of like, yeah, if the woman wasn't expressing their emotions, the man even more could be like, well, I can't be the crier in the relationship. Like she's not even letting the floodgates happen. So I'm going to either do it in secret or just like never shed a tear, keep that shit on lockdown, you know? And I noticed women at times, if a man cries, they shame them. Yeah. That's bizarre to me. In certain cultures, I have seen that they're like, how could he do like, uh, gross, ick or whatever versus this is healthy and connecting and deepening. And so you can see the wound and how it it can build up when it is shamed, Mm -hmm. how that just creates a cycle of uh, dysfunction and sadness and suppression and I'm not where we want to go as human beings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is such a great conversation. I love it. There's 712 more questions that I feel like I'd love to ask. So yeah, I was just going to say, maybe we need to do a part two. If anybody has any questions that they want to ask us, let me know on Instagram or email, everything's below. And maybe we could do a part two because I think this is just so valuable. There's so many women. um, We didn't even touch so much on business, but a lot of, you know, the people listening have businesses and are mothers and are, are not mothers. And it's just like, all of it is confusing sometimes. Like, how do I be in my feminine and still get shit done? still be accomplished. You know, how do I make sure I'm accomplishing things if I'm flowing around in my kimono all day? And it's like, I get it, but there is that balance of embracing the two. And isn't it just more fun to flit around in your kimono? Like, let's Yeah, I got mine up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, I get you done, right? There is, there is both in the day Mm -hmm. and there's space for both. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Amber J. You are amazing. Um, yeah, you're amazing. Oh, thank you, Sister Huddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so can you let everybody know where we can find you? Um, as you've mentioned, the mastermind and different things. So what do you have going on? If someone's really resonating and they want to follow you social media, join a container, where can we find you? Yes. So you can come to my website. It's goddessprocess.us, goddessprocess.us. And Women on Fire is the seven-month container mastermind. I can be found at Amber J. Lawson on every platform, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. And I am launching a podcast. So please follow me and I will send out the information when that Hits the airwaves. I'll follow in your goddess footsteps. 
oh, it'll be the best thing. If it, if it resonates with you, of course, it's not for everyone. It is such a powerful platform. And so many people are listening to podcasts now. I, I heard it's like, I think they said it's the number one way that content is consumed these days is audio and podcasts and that kind of thing, which is so fascinating. Um, so yes, we will find you. I'm going to put all the links below Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the things, your mastermind. Um, I can't wait to continue following your journey. I've been following you on social media for a little bit. And I just love the stuff that you put out and thank you. Thank you from me and all of the women ever. Thank you. Mm. (laughs) It's so powerful. Thank all of us. We are, we are on this journey and we are all awakening and it takes all of us. So you are a master manifester and magnetizer of amazing humans. And I'm grateful to be in your space. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the Awakening Her podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and my guest. And if you did, we would love to hear from you. Come find us on Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Take a screenshot that you're listening to this episode, sharing your takeaways or your enthusiasm for the show. Tag us both over on Instagram. And if you do that, I will send you a free gift. I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will see you in the next episode.